Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Jamal Williams, I consider him a friend. It's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win. Now, in the Game On Wisconsin studios, here's your host, Jacob Westendorf. Game on Wisconsin is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Visit artecventures.com for more info. January 12th, 2022, we record this on January 11th. 2022, the seven-year anniversary of what I like to call, and just a vast reminder for everybody here that might be a Dallas Cowboys fan, Dez dropped it. Incomplete. But on another note, just real fast, even if he did catch it, and let's say that the Cowboys score, they're up by anywhere from one to three points. The Packers kneeled the ball three times in field goal range, kind of walked down the field when the Cowboys needed to get a stop. And Green Bay would have won that game anyway. So it really is one of the least consequential plays in NFL history that we build up like the Cowboys would have gone to the Super Bowl, which, by the way, they would have gotten their asses dragged in Seattle the following week had that happened. But nonetheless, I digress. This is the Pick 6 podcast brought to you by Artec Ventures, Lakefront Brewery, Discover Green Bay, and among other places. And, of course, my favorite, Iowa Legendary Rye Whiskey, which I am sipping on tonight. I'm your host of this show. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf for some Packers takes and pictures of my daughter, Blake. That's the way I like to say it for my Twitter handle. And I am joined by my namesake tonight, the best youth league basketball coach in the country. And from my understanding on the short list to replace Mike Krzyzewski at Duke one day, Jacob Morley. Jacob, welcome to the show. Yeah, man, you nailed it. Nailed it. Have I have not lost... In 2022, we're rolling, baby. We're rolling. I got to ask, I made that joke about on the short list to replace Coach K at Duke, which obviously will be John Shire at the end of this year. But would Ross Uglum ever talk to you again if you became the coach at Duke? No, he wouldn't. No, he might. I don't know. Ross would probably, he probably wouldn't talk to me until like it was Duke UNC and he knew I had like the sweet hookup on some courtside seats. Then he would be like, Hey, Hey buddy. <laughs> I could pretend to be a Duke fan. Well, no, he couldn't, but I can, I don't even know. That'd be like the equivalent of like, somebody always asked me like, Hey, what happens if you have a son and he wants to go play football at Ohio state? I'd be like, I'd have to unlearn a lot of shit from my life. But if it's my son, then it's, it's free college. It's go Buckeyes, man. Like uh, I'll say, did he, have any, did, did he pick over Michigan? Because I'm saying, oh, like, if that's if you get an offer to play free to get free college, that's awesome. I would yeah, bet my kid a, to go anywhere. To that's, get free I, college. that's that's where I'm at. So I will be the most arrogant son of a bitch in the world, just like every Buckeye fan in the world is. If my son ends up playing at Ohio State one day, and of course my son yeah. played at Michigan. I already had one son play at Michigan, so why not have one go to Ohio State too? That, of course, being my son, 
Rashawn Gary, but welcome guys to the pick six podcast. Again, like I mentioned, we are here and I do want to let you guys know real quick to subscribe to our YouTube channel on Thursday. So tomorrow we are drawing for a signed Preston Smith jersey. And if you put in and subscribe today, you will have an opportunity to win that jersey. It is signed, like I said, by Preston Smith, who finished the season just short of another $750,000 bonus, which is one of the big bummers from Sunday's 37 to 30 loss at the hands of the Detroit Lions. And Jake, I thought you and Ross Uglum summed this up really well on the Packaday podcast of like, there were things that happened in that game that do matter, but the final score is not one of them. And I know that a lot of people are like, you know, I think a lot of people try to draw like hard, fast hard conclusions on everything. Be like, you play to win. Well, of course you play to win, but like the Packers, if they were playing to win, and I know Matt LaFleur said they're going out there to win, but if they were going out there to win, Jordan Love doesn't touch the field. Patrick Taylor is not getting 12 carries in the second half. Aaron Jones and Devondre Campbell are active once the game started. Like as soon as I saw the inactive list, of Aaron Jones and Devondre Campbell on it. I was like, okay, I'm not worried at all about the Packers starters playing into the second half. Cause all week I was pretty set on like, they're going to take the real important guys out. They can't sit everybody. You know, they can't play. Uh, and, and they even played some of the like late parts of the fourth quarter with Isaac Yadam and Shamar John Charles. Like there were the back end of the roster on the field for a vast majority of that second half. But let's just put a bow on that real fast because we have to talk about it because it was a game. But you are the biggest Jordan Love fan I know, maybe other than those that are in his family. So tell me, what did you see from Jordan Love that you liked, you didn't like, and and how you feel about him going forward? I think the things that you like are the fact that he led, he led two scoring drives, right? I mean, and you saw it within the Matt LaFleur offense um, going down the field. Yes, a lot of that was Patrick Taylor, who might be my adopted son at this point. I really like me some Patrick Taylor. Um, but leading, leading that, making some throws, putting the ball where it is supposed to be. And then um, on that drive, too, I mean, he should have had the, the highlight real touchdown pass to Tyler Davis, um, put it right where he needed to put it. It would have been a tough catch, but it was a tough play. And you got to make those plays in the NFL. Um, so no fault to him there. I love that um, on the screen. Uh, that happens sometimes as a quarterback. You know, you and I could have made that throw. That was mostly all – the offensive line and then Deguara, but you know, he put the ball where it needed to be. And um, that's what he did. Now the bad, was- I will say this on real quick on that screen though, Jordan love right now is already a better setup the screen quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is yeah. so good at so many things. Rodgers is the worst screen quarterback I have ever personally seen. It is not the way it's it, it, a complete departure yeah. from the way Brett Favre was on it, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, and, and which is odd because he is so good at everything else and he does pay such close attention to detail that you think he would set them up better. But it has just never been his strong suit. Jordan Love, like you said, yes, he does. There's a reason that he, they've been able to run that successfully with him. On the next drive where the Amari Rodgers uh, drive was, if you go back and watch that, the Patrick Taylor, they tried to do it again with uh, with Patrick Taylor. And the safety came crashing in and had his shoestring tackle that Patrick Taylor might have hit, might have also hit his head on the goalpost. Um, but, you know, you can't – I just don't think you can put that first pick on him. Amari Rodgers um, is looking rough. I think we all agree. We're all in agreement that, like, Amari, hey, good luck. Better luck next year. Like, we'll take it from here. Let David Moore take it from here. Let Randall Cobb take it from here. Don't play anymore. Um, that wasn't on him, I thought. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, the last pick, that was tough. But, you know, that's a, that's a real tough situation to be in. 
And I think people are like, well, why did he throw the ball there? It's like you got to throw the ball somewhere. There's 40 some seconds left. You got you got to take risks at that point. You took a risk, did pay off. Um, I think the common consensus is, and we've talked about this, Jake. Like your opinion on him shouldn't have should not have changed at all. Regardless, if you think he if you think he's a playmaker and has kind of like that it factor to him, then you point to you'll look look at how, the way he set that screen up. Look at how he brought them back uh, when they were down twice. Look at how he did make that throw to Tyler Davis if he just would have caught it. And then if you are also the guy that's like, well, he just doesn't take care of the ball. Yeah, yeah, he put the ball in harm's way. He did it again, which is something that's a reoccurring theme. Um, we just don't know. We just don't know if he if, if he's going to be able to work that out of his system or not because he hasn't played enough. Um, I still like him. Still like him a lot. I, I will I, I know we talked about I will say, you know, I would like to see I would have liked to see more progress at this point. But some of the some of the mistakes that he that he is making do seem like, hey, he just needs reps. He just needs to play. And he's not going to in Green Bay. I've kind of gotten to that point where it's like, hey, you know what? He's probably not going to ever be the Packers starting quarterback. Um, he can go follow Nathaniel Hackett wherever he goes. And I hope he has a fantastic career. Um, but it is just probably not going to be with the Packers. Sure doesn't feel that way, and I did not feel that way coming into the season. Right now, I'm at about a 70% that I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. Uh, obviously, I put the caveat that last year, I thought that Aaron Rodgers was completely fine, that there was nothing bubbling under the surface, and it was nothing more than a media-driven narrative. Quite clearly, it was not based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers wasn't even set to come back to Green Bay until the day before training camp. Of course, then, since you listen, I listened last week to Rogers's first press conference when he came back and he sounded like somebody that was trapped, like, hey, I'm here. I'm here because of my teammates. I'm here because of my coaches. But I really don't want to be. If it were up to me, I would be somewhere else. Compare that to what he's doing and how he sounds and everything now about his demeanor. I will say this to you guys. I listen to Adam Shine every single day. 9 or 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Mad Dog Radio. This is not an ad for Adam Shine. He's just, everybody has influencers when they do some stuff like this. Mine, my two favorite radio hosts are Adam Shine and Chris Russo. And I've listened to Chris Russo since I was growing up as well. The Mad Dog, for those of you that might know that. But Shine used to always say during the offseason, Rodgers would never play another snap for the Packers. Then obviously he was coming back. He said he'll be back. He'll go to Denver at the end of the year. Now he has come full circle and said he thinks Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. And that is partially, I think, because of what you see on Sunday, Jordan Love's lack of progress. And that's not, I'm not, it's not an indictment. It's not his fault, so to speak. He was dealt kind of a shitty hand. Like he entered his rookie year in a COVID year. So no offseason program and the offseason is limited as it is anyways. But he has had some opportunities to practice with the ones. And the point that you made about how he just needs reps is why I would have liked to have seen him for longer than what we did. It was a golden opportunity to say, hey, Jordan, here's the game from start to finish. Now, obviously, it was very clear from the beginning of the week that they were not going to do that, but they could have just kind of closed up shop after that first touchdown drive and said, we're good. It's Jordan's game the rest of the way. And they didn't do that either. Rodgers played the entire first half. I think that robbed Jordan Love. I would have done things a little differently. I remember after the they ran leak with with Alan Lazard, which was an ode to Peter Bukowski and Dusty Evely, and you cannot tell me otherwise. I was like, okay, I'm good. I've seen enough. <laughs> they played after that. So they didn't do that. Uh, my thing with Jordan has been, like you said, the way you felt on draft night is the way you felt now. And I was not convinced. I was not happy. 
again, I, the disclaimer that I have to throw in, not because they already had a quarterback, not because they were this close to the Super Bowl, and I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' feelings, all that kind of stuff. None of that stuff matters to me. What matters is I didn't like Jordan Love as a prospect. And if you didn't like him as a prospect, you've seen enough to still feel that way. If you did like him as a prospect, you probably haven't seen enough to change anything on that, but I'm with you. He will be the quarterback in wherever Nathaniel Hackett goes, wherever Luke Getzey goes, if he gets that job. Uh, which some news bits for you guys here real fast in the middle. Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze will be interviewing for the Denver Broncos head coaching job. Hackett all over the place, really. Chicago, Denver, among others, are vying for his services as their head coach, potentially, or the Pittsburgh Steelers for, for Jordan Love. So let's put a bow on that. The Packers' regular season is over, and really that game, all that really mattered was two things. One, David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers played. That matters. They came out of it healthy. It sounds like they're going to start. Your starting offensive line will be Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Patrick, and then whoever their right tackle is between Billy Turner or Dennis Kelly. But that is going to be their starting offensive line. Otherwise, it was really all about Jordan Love and what happened from there. I don't care that they gave up 37 points. I don't care about any of that stuff, really. There wasn't a whole lot really to take away from the last two games that the Packers have played because there wasn't much to take away from the Vikings game either, like I told you guys on last week's show. Once Kirk Cousins was ruled out with COVID, that was going to be an ass beating, and it was. So the Packers were able to kind of blow away a terrible Vikings team on that front. So let's move to this regular season, Jake. And it really has been unlike anything I believe that we've ever seen. Every season is that way to some effect, but it was weird, man. You go all the way back to April when they're talking about how the quarterback doesn't want to be here. And then Mark Slareth is reporting it's a done deal and he's going to be a Denver Bronco and which obviously was erroneous. But when they ask you, 10 years from now, because I think every single team, even the shitty ones, like you go back to the 2018 team, there are things about that season. I will never forget the 20, 2005 team, the four and 12 team teams find Sam endearing qualities, Sam Congato. Exactly. Like there's something about each team that you're like, you'll never forget. And Sam Con was a very good example of that. Now, my question to you is when they ask you 10 years from now, about this regular season and just the regular season, obviously, because if we get through the postseason and the Packers win the Super Bowl or don't, your answer is going to change. What are you going to remember the most about this team? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is it's it's tough to frame that without thinking how it ends. Um, I think I think the obvious answer is just is the the Rogers drama and just weird. I think because you could, it's it's hard even if you. I think we can all admit that it's been a weird season, uh, a really successful weird season. Uh, but just the Rogers drama in the off season, Rogers walk watch that we just got so annoyed of quickly this off season, then starting the way they did against New Orleans, and then just going on a, a tear. I mean, it's it is tough to pin it down to any one thing, but ten years from now the thing that might be burned into my image, into my brain the most is Aaron Rodgers putting his foot on oh my a podium and showing people his toe. Cause that's, that's weird. I mean, it's such a memeable season too. With the, this chin strap meme, the toe meme. Um, just, I, dude, I don't even know how to answer that question because it is, I think I'll say this. I'll, I'll end with this because I don't really have one answer. I think, and I think that is the answer, is usually 10 years. If you ask me about the 2008 season, there's probably one thing I could probably remember about it or one player or one player game. I think the most memorable thing about this season is how 
memorable it has been at every turn. There have been so many things about this season that I think 10 years from now, most Packers fans, even casual fans, will be able to have a laundry list of things of the, oh my gosh, remember when that happened? Remember when that happened? Oh my God. And then this happened just about this season. I mean, it is, it has been a soap opera in Green Bay. So that's my answer is the most memorable thing about this offseason or this season is how memorable it's been. Jacob, I'd love to hear your answer. Yeah, mine is memorable as well, but for a lot of a lot of different reasons. Obviously, you've got the thing of Rogers showing his foot on in a press conference. You've got him going on the McAfee show and and talking about his views on vaccinations and and everything like that, which is something I don't think he ever would have done in years past. You know, Rogers says today that he's you know he's given less of an F than he has in previous years, which is true. I think he's actually talked more and been willing to say more things and call people out. Like last week. Boomer Esiason is getting catfished talking about a quote unquote report that he's told Jordan Love to get ready if they play in the Super Bowl because Rodgers is going to boycott it. And the fact that people believed it was even crazy to me that, that it, they were willing to do that. But Rodgers' quotability throughout the course of the year, you know, you talk about the how can you not be romantic about football after they beat San Francisco? I still own you against oh, Chicago. Yeah. I, I mean, and for me, as somebody who lives in this area, that was phenomenal. There's been so many things at every turn. And now it almost makes me wonder, like, I always think throughout the course of a season, if the Packers are good, like what angle are they going to take if the Packers are America's game, if they win the Super Bowl and they're doing that one hour documentary last year, it would have been very obvious, right? You take Aaron Rodgers, you start on draft night where oddly enough, that might be where this story starts as well, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been, I think the theme has been appreciation just because number one, you heard all off season as Packers fans up, ah, your quarterback doesn't want to come back. You guys are cooked. Everything's your done. franchise is broken the way they do things. Wow. Green Bay is such a terrible, like that's what killed me the most is people are like not even in the know, just taking nuclear bomb shots at the Packers as, as an organization, as the way things are structured, you know, this team that has been one of the most successful franchises in the last 30 years in any sport, is now broken because Aaron Rodgers is unhappy and, and suck it Packers fans like that. That's part of it. It's part of it too, you know, is, is just kind of the, the vindication of this season has been great. Right. It's after just, the, after the saints game, like one of my good buddies, like Kent Kent Swanson, like I love to retweet that after that game, he just tweeted out, imagine being the Packers right now. Like after that game. Yeah. Imagine being the one C Packers when it's all said and done, like, come on, like the way this season has been able to just like, let's take this stuff and throw it right back in everyone's face. Oh, by the way, Rogers is going to win an MVP as well. He's the best football player on the planet right now and has been for the last 48 months. Like it's been fun. You know, that's what kind of stands out to me as well. And that's f fun is a relative turn, I guess, but that remind that that reminds me of 2010 as well. When you talk about like the the, the vindicated type factor, with you know Rod Rogers really finally being the dude in Green Bay, and that season was so much fun. This season has a, a similar feel to that, to me at least. Yeah, it does. And then you even like you talked about the meme ability and everything like that. Like the meme started when Rogers came back. There was a meme that was like. Aaron's mad at everything. He hates everyone and everything. And it's like, what do you want, Aaron? What do you want? 
how about Randall Cobb? And then it's like, okay. Yeah. That was like, that was it. Like that or was the all that him jumping off waterfalls in the off season, him playing wagon wheel in the off season, like all make no it. mistake. Like this season starting probably if, if they win a Super Bowl, and everybody, every producer wants them to win a Super Bowl because this the story of this 48 months of Green Bay Packers is you're really bad at math. Phenomenal. 24 months. 20, 48 oh, is four French. years. Oh, that's why you looked at me like that. Yeah. 24, <laughs> 24 months. I mean, really, you could start it. I mean, I can see the documentary right now with the 27th pick of the 2019 NFL draft. The Packers select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State cut to Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? And then get into the story and then just, it, it, it would be, it would be last dance esque, but it's not going to be because nope, he's going to be here. He's going to be here. That's the part of the vindication too, that is yet to come is that like the perfect way for this to send of a double middle finger for every green Bay Packer fan is number one, Green Bay steamrolls through the regular season. They have. They're 13 and two in games Aaron Rodgers starts and finishes. Then win the Super Bowl, something they haven't done in over a decade. Could certainly do that. They're the number one seed. We'll talk about the playoffs here in just a minute. And then at the parade, Aaron Rodgers gives you the Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not going anywhere speech. I'm staying here forever. And just watching Bears fans, Vikings fans, national media analysts that felt like they were trying to shove him out of Green Bay backtrack the entire thing as they took a dump on the Packers organization for the entire offseason, only to have Aaron Rodgers say, nope, I love it here now. Uh, everything's been rejuvenated. Let's make a run at this for another three, four years. So that's what I'll remember. Hopefully there's a happy ending. Uh, unfortunately, like we've mentioned for 10 years, there hasn't been a happy ending. And I can I can also tell you, a line from Sports Illustrated's Bill Huber from a few weeks ago that that has stuck with me that will be very, very true is if they lose in the playoffs, the longest, coldest offseason in franchise history could await them until we see what happens here. So that is terrifying. Let's go to the playoffs. The, the Packers are uh, not playing this week by virtue of being the NFC's number one seed. Imagine being the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. right now and not having to play a wild card weekend, which is something uh, Kent... Nice. Kent, Kansas City is, they do have to play this weekend for because they blew a game against uh, Cincinnati here a few weeks ago that knocked them out of that number one seed. And that is now to the Tennessee Titans, which to me, I'll get to this in a minute, but I think the Titans are the one of the worst one seeds I can remember in quite some time. And I am going to very likely be picking against them next week, regardless of, of who they're playing. But I reserve, unless it's Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh finds a way to beat, um, Kansas city, which they're not going to, then I will not pick Pittsburgh because I won't pick Pittsburgh in any stretch, but that's beside the point. The AFC, just to go real quick with you guys, I think that goes chalk. I think the bills beat the Patriots. I think the Bengals beat uh, the Raiders. And I think that the Kansas city chiefs smoke the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steelers might be the worst team in the playoffs. And it is phenomenal to me that they won nine games with a corpse playing quarterback. But the NFC is what you guys are are probably worried about if you're listening to this show because the Packers are not going to play any teams in the AFC next week. They will play one of the Rams, the Cardinals, the Eagles, or, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank, the San Francisco 49ers, of course. I don't know how I drew a blank on them, but I just did. So that's where I want to start. I want to start with marquee matchup of the weekend because it has some Packers ties to it. The Dallas Cowboys, led by former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy, 
uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. They will be at home. That will be the Sunday 3.30 kickoff, which has been, Jake, you and I are about the same age, a nostalgia boon the entire week going back to watch all those games from the 90s. You got the ode to John Madden and Pat Summerall. Rest in peace to both of those gentlemen. It's been a fun thing to think about all this week. Where do you see this matchup? What's something about this game that you are definitely watching for? And ultimately, who do you think wins? Um, which game are you talking about? Just the, the Cowboys wild card and the 49ers. Oh. Yeah, this one this weekend. Um, for that one, I think for for me, you know, Dallas, Dallas, I think matches up with Green Bay relatively well. Um, out of these groups, I think people are gonna come in and be like, you know, I'm scared of Kyle Shanahan. I don't know why, you know, I guess that is the monkey they would need to get off their back is can they beat Shanahan in the playoffs, um, which they would. But Dallas, I think, can go kind of toe-to-toe with, with Green Bay offensively when they're clicking, uh, which they, doesn't seem like they have been for like over a month. Um, so that, I think, is is what you look for in, in this game in itself is can – can Dallas kind of find that early season type success that they had on the offensive side of the ball? Um, and then that defense, the defense is feast or famine for, for Dallas. Um, you know, they have Micah Parsons is probably should be a defensive player of the year. Truthfully. Um, he's definitely going to be rookie of the year. And then Trayvon Diggs is, is an absolute ball hawk that gives up a ton of yards. So um, I think that's what you look for in these games. And obviously you're looking at quarterback play. You know, is Jimmy G going to elevate his play? Is Dak going to get back to kind of that early season MVP type conversation? Um, I don't know. Uh, So we'll see. I think that's what you look for when you look at these two teams. Yeah, and I think against each other, my thing with the Cowboys is going to be, how do they match up with Debo Samuel? Because something I do like, and there aren't a lot of things that I like what Kyle Shanahan does. Ultimately, I've said this a million times. If Kyle Shanahan's last name was Kyle Smith, his legacy and his legacy now should be even that he's blown two Super Bowls at minimum. And yeah. as a head coach, the next really big game that he wins and doesn't completely choke away will be the first. And honestly, he did quite a bit in his power to try and choke away that game last week against the Rams. Sean McVay is just a bigger coward than Kyle Shanahan is. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Ultimately, I think Dallas is the better team. And that is what these wild card matchups boil down to more. Because everybody always says there's always an upset. There's always one. Sure, San Francisco's dangerous. They've won, I think somebody said, nine of their last 11 games. But we're talking on the road in Dallas against a Cowboys team that can match up against their second. Because here's the other thing. Everybody's pointing out Michael Gallup being out for the season as if Dallas now only has two receivers worth a shit. And that is not true. Cedric Wilson, if, if the Packers end up playing Cedric Wilson and the Cowboys in the NFC Championship, I am going to pencil Cedric Wilson in for 80 yards and a touchdown at minimum. I think he is Dak's like safety net, the way Jason Witten used to be for Tony Romo once upon a time. But ultimately, I think what this comes down to is San Francisco is not going to be able to just kind of turn around, hand the ball off, and play play action pass the entire game. If Dallas can get them into – some predictable situations. Jimmy Garoppolo under pressure is a tire fire and the Cowboys can get pressure with four DeMarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and you mentioned Micah Parsons, who is on the short list of defensive player of the year with TJ Watt as somebody that is, is really, really good. So, excuse me. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game and I I don't know how this is going to be like the sexy game of the weekend. And I, and I understand, but I just, 
don't think it's going to be all that close. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, Dallas wins on a field goal as time expires. Like, I think Dallas wins by seven to 10 points because, again, in the in the postseason as well, I liken it to the early portions of like the March Madness tournament. You go with guards or best players, primary ball handlers, and coaches. Well, in the playoffs, I'm going with coaches and quarterbacks. And Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl. And I know it's a punchline, but he is a highly successful NFL head coach. Objectively speaking, there is no other way to look at Mike McCarthy outside of highly successful. And I think if you rank power rankings in terms of quarterbacks in the NFC, it actually ranks just like the seeds do. Rodgers, Brady, Prescott, Stafford, Kyler, and then Jimmy G, and then closing out, of course, with Jalen Hurts. I think the Cowboys win, and I think it's largely because I trust Prescott to make plays down the stretch more than I do uh, the the 49ers and Jimmy G do. So that's my thought on the Cowboys and the 49ers. That will transition then into the Monday night game in the NFC, which is going to be the Los Angeles Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. And this is the game that I am looking forward to the most from Super Wildcard Weekend because it is an absolute treat for someone who likes to dunk on people on the internet, as I'd like to do sometimes for me, if the Rams win against the Cardinals and the Cardinals are eliminated, I get to make fun of cliff. If I were, if I looked like Jacob Westendorf, I would be a quarterback coach at an FCS school, Kingsbury. But since he looks like cliff Kingsbury, he gets to be a head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Or if the Cardinals win, I get to make fun of Matt Stafford, Sean McVay and Odell Beckham. And not only that, the national media that say like the Rams, their way of doing things is the right way. And the Packers way of doing things is archaic. And the Rams are going to have given up. If the Rams go one and done or even don't win the Super Bowl, they're going to have given up their next four or five first round picks to never play for an NFC championship and two first round picks this year to be one and done. And they choked away the number two seed last week, which the Rams look exactly like a team that has Matthew Stafford as its quarterback. They're going to beat the teams they're better than. They're going to lose to the teams that are equal or worse than them. And I think the Cardinals are equal or slightly better than than the Rams are. And I think that if J.J. Watt's able to return, which is a maybe, Chandler Jones can rush the passer. And I think Kyler can cause some problems for that Rams defense, which I know they got a lot of star power. I know they got Von Miller. I know they got Aaron Donald. I know they got Jalen Ramsey. Are they Are they that good? Are they that good on defense? I don't know. And if you're asking me which quarterback's likely to turn the ball over, I'm not real thrilled with that prospect because Kyler's certainly capable of it. But I think Kyler being able to make some plays with his legs and do some things through the air to some guys, they do have some guys on that side of the ball that have been there, done that. A.J. Green has played in some playoff games, albeit not one too many of them. I just think the Cardinals, and it's going to be a home game for Arizona. The Cardinals have fans. The Rams don't. So the Rams get a home game, quote-unquote, but it really doesn't matter. And it's not like a big travel for the Cardinals. So I think the Cardinals win on Monday night. Jake, how do you see this game shaking out? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Kyler is probably the best quarterback in that matchup. And um, if I have to bank on anyone getting hot and doing something special, it's, it is him. Um, we basically know that Stafford's not going to do that in the playoffs. Um, so I would be shocked if he did. Kyler, I don't know if he's played, even played in the playoffs. Um, but well, this, is, this is his and Cliff Kingsbury's debut, which does give me some pause. Because I don't know the exact records, but coaches and quarterbacks making their playoff debut are horrendous historically. So that's the way that the Packers are currently, or excuse me, the Cardinals are currently. And shame, absolute shame on the Detroit Lions 
for forcing Matthew Stafford to choke away the number two seed and to be in a position now where they're facing a division rival in a playoff game where they should be theoretically NFC favorites. Everybody and their mother was picking the Rams to play on championship weekend. And right now the Rams path to the Super Bowl is going to be a home game against a divisional opponent. And if chalk holds, they're likely to go to Lambeau field against the green Bay Packers where they haven't won. And the Packers, frankly, have kicked the shit out of the Rams the last two times that they've played them at Lambeau field last year in the playoffs. Of course, this year in the regular season, that was an eight point game, but the Rams got a bogus ass field goal with like 12 seconds left or something stupid like that, that made that a, an eight point game. And then if they do that, then they'll have to play either the Cowboys or the Bucks depending on how things go. And, and I'm not betting against Tom Brady in an NFC championship game against Matthew Stafford. So shame on the lions. It's unfortunate that they've continued to force Matthew Stafford into these situations, even though Stafford does not play for them anymore. Yeah. I think, you know, like overall in general, when you talk about like what team do I want to see the least in the playoffs of any of these guys, it's still Tom Brady, right? I mean, it still has to be TV 12, even though that team looks like a shell of themselves last year, uh, he has the boogeyman factor. The You still have to go in and beat him. And he, he's got two horseshoes shoved up his ass. So it's hard to bet against him in any of those situations as well. Um, so that that is who I would like to see least of any of these teams. But you like Arizona to win on Monday night. You did say that, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Arizona to win on Monday night just because I think, like I said, I think Kyler is the X factor, um, even with no – even with no new pot, new Copkins, I think just, you know, I think he's going to be able to do something special if they need him to. I think if the Rams need Stafford to do something special, he's going to throw a pick six. Which he's done at least four times this season, which is crazy that that is, in fact, the case. Let's go to the least entertaining game, in my opinion, of the weekend, because I can the Eagles keep this game close. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think so. Really? I, okay. I think, I think, I think the they can because. I think um, I think Tampa Bay has been susceptible to uh, teams that can run the ball, and I think the Eagles are maybe the best running team left um, in the NFC. Um, and I think they can use Jalen Hurts in ways that other teams um, can't. I think they can give him trouble, especially when you get to the playoffs. Um, do I like them to win it? No, but I, I do think that they can give Tampa Bay some trouble. And I would maybe that's just wishful thinking because I would love it if they could give Tampa Bay some trouble. But um, I don't. I'm not really super familiar with uh, Philadelphia's defense to be honest with you. But I just know that they can run the football, and Jalen Hurts has played in big moments, right? If if he if you say what you want about Jalen Hurts as a young quarterback, he is no stranger to playing in big moments, coming out of Bama um, and then going to Oklahoma. So I think uh, I think. Philadelphia could potentially give Tampa some, some resistance. And I suppose earlier in the year, they did the final score of a regular season matchup between those two teams was 28, 22 in favor of Tampa. My concern with the Eagles is they can run it. I just think the bucks in the playoffs, if they get Levante David back, they're going to have Shaq Barrett and JPP ready with that front with Vita Vea and Sue. It's just if your game plan is going to be to run the ball short in the game and everything like that, that's fine. But eventually you have to make some plays in the passing game. And I just don't know who the Eagles can target in the passing game that can give Tampa Bay a matchup issue. Dallas Goddard is going to run through the middle of that field with Antoine Winfield, David, and 
is Shaq Barrett going to be back? You know, he was activated is, off the COVID list. I suppose that's a fair question, but, but he's also Arians, but he's also injured. Yeah, Arian said he anticipates him playing, so we'll see. I guess if, even well, if Barrett doesn't bring, go, you know? yeah, that's a, a completely fair question. I would love to see the Eagles, but this strikes me as a game very similar to like a college football semifinal game where the underdog keeps the game close for maybe a half. And the yeah. Eagles could maybe do that. But again, this is another situation where quarterback and head coach are both making their playoff debuts. And I do not think as much of Jalen Hurts as I do of Kyler Murray. So we have the same picks, it sounds like. We like Tampa Bay uh, against the Eagles. We like the Cardinals. And then the San Francisco, or excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys to take out the San Francisco 49ers. So if that were to happen next week, probably on Sunday, because I can't imagine they would have the team that played on Monday night play on Saturday. That would be a ridiculously unfair advantage for the team who has the bye. But the NFL doesn't seem to care about some stuff like that sometimes. So maybe, but I would imagine the Packers are playing on Sunday in that case. And it would be against the Arizona Cardinals of all these teams that they can play next week. So you said Tampa Bay earlier, but they can't play Tampa Bay in the divisional round. Which wildcard team do you think gives you the most concern going into that weekend? So that's Philly, that's San Fran, that's Arizona, LA, LA. and LA. Uh, man, so that's the thing about this Packers team. Like none, none of them really scare, like scare me. Like, oh man, they really match up well with the Packers here. There's not, there's not a team in the NFL that you can look at and say the Packers should not beat this team. And that's just – that's maybe that's me being a homer a little bit, but I don't think it is. I think this roster with Z back, with Jair back, with Bakhtiari back, with Myers back, with Cobb back, with Billy Turner back, like they are so deep. They should beat everybody. But I think uh, just just the fan in me is, is going to be like, oh, man, San Francisco. You know, you know what I mean? Like – we have some bad memories from San Francisco in, in our minds. Uh, so if that team were to come to Green Bay, they obviously have been hot since Green Bay has played them. They obviously beat a good team in the playoffs, so they're playing well. Uh, that would be who I would be worried the most to see. And, like, I, I want to clarify, not because not because of any type of matchup or schematically. I don't think any of these teams match up well against Green Bay. That is strictly from P, like PTSD. Yeah, the good news that I have for you and everybody who's been in my mentions this week saying, I want no part of the 49ers. Jim Harbaugh is not walking through that door. Colin Kaepernick's not walking through that door. Those defensive, Justin Smith, Alden Smith, them dudes that kicked Green Bay's ass for the better part of three years are not coming through that door. So San Francisco, I mean, all of these teams eventually, I'll talk myself into worrying about any of them. If they if they're coming to Green Bay, but I'm with you. Green Bay is going to be favored. I think they're going to be favored by at least a touchdown against any of these teams going into next week. And there's a reason for that. Like you mentioned, from a roster standpoint, Green Bay's roster is better than all of those guys. I would worry about the Rams from a talent standpoint because they're the most talented, I think, of those teams. But it's Matthew Stafford and and a team that has shown a propensity to come up small in any big game that that group has played in together, and that includes with Jared Goff. And, and go look at Matthew Stafford's numbers at Lambeau Field. It's not great. It is Very not bad. Great. It is not Very great. bad. Yeah, and, and that that is where some of the Detroit Lions jokes that I make do play into it a little bit. But at the same time, Matthew Stafford came in there a lot of times with Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. 
and wasn't able to do a lot of different things throughout the course of that game. So I, I think the answer, oddly enough, is, is Arizona, because you mentioned PTSD from the 49ers. Well, what quarterback can move? Kyler Murray can move. And I know Green Bay beat them earlier in the year. DeAndre Hopkins was compromised. He won't play at all. Green Bay will have all of their guys, which they did not have the last time around when they played Arizona famously on a Thursday night where they're missing everybody with COVID and injuries and everything else. And they won with me and Morley playing wide receiver. But I think Arizona is the answer to that question as of right now. So Jake, real quick, I, I know we just got through our six topics, but it's almost playoff time. Give me your championship games. Give me your Super Bowl. All right, NFC Championship games, uh, Tampa Bay seems inevitable to play Green Bay again. Um, I think in the AFC, it is going to be Kansas City and Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to, when they get King Henry back, it's going to run through the rest of the AFC because, honestly, I don't think the AFC is very good. Um, and then I think the Super Bowl is going to be K- – uh, no, I think I think Tennessee will beat Kansas City. And I think Green Bay will beat Tampa Bay. And I think the Packers will beat the Tennessee Titans 1,000 to nothing. 1,000? Wow, Just that's kidding. a lot. 1,000. No, but I, I, the Packers are my pick to win it all this year. And, and they should be. I think Vegas has them favored as well. Anything short of a Super Bowl uh, will be a disappointment. I agree from that standpoint. My AFC championship game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I do not like the Titans as much as you do. I think that the Bengals are going to beat the Raiders, get a shot at them, and I think the Bengals have a very good opportunity to make the Titans a one-and-dunner coming out as the number one seed. I like Kansas City to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And then Green Bay against the Dallas Cowboys. I've been on record for a few weeks saying that I think if Dallas plays Tampa Bay, that Dallas will beat them. And I think that because Tampa Bay's secondary is compromised, I think Dallas can – uh, exploit some of those holes in the passing game. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, they can get pressure with four and hit Tom Brady. And if you can make a play here or there with Trevon Diggs against a receiving core, that's depleted. Antonio Brown's not there. Famously, Chris Godwin's not there. Dallas can match up even with Rob Gronkowski, who is still an elite player in the NFL somehow at the age of 675 years old. It's incredible to me that they've been able to do that. But Tampa Bay just to me feels like a team And I know Tom Brady's inevitable and I'll probably eat my words and all that stuff, but it just feels like this is a year where the cards are just kind of stacked against them a little bit. And we've seen Brady win enough games like that over the years, but it just feels to me that way. Green Bay against Dallas in the NFC championship game. And I think Green Bay wins and we're going all the way to LA screaming green and yellow as the Packers are your Super Bowl champions in the Morley Bowl beating the Kansas City Chiefs. On Super here's, Bowl Sunday. Here's here's a here's a nugget for you for you conspiracy theorists or you people you people that look for signs in in everything. The FCS champions that played this week were the North Dakota State Bison. Their colors, green and yellow. The FBS champions were the Georgia Bulldogs. Their emblem, a G. Combine those things, Jacob, and you have the NFL champion green bay packers boom here's hoping that we're right i'm going to take it as a sign i'm not going to i'm not going to argue with you on that that's the end of this show be sure to check us out facebook twitter youtube and instagram game on wisconsin subscribe like all those things if you want to support this show go to our anchor page which is a link in the bio you can click support for anything as as little as one dollar a month you can support this podcast and all of our other shows 
And you can also support everything else for up to $10 a month. So not too much for all your favorite Packers content. You can find Jake Morley. He's at Jacob Morley doing previews. He will be doing a preview for next week's divisional round game, which I will be previewing next week after we know who the Packers are playing. And you can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf throwing out some Packers takes. It should be a lot of fun. The end of the season's here. This, my friends, is what we live for. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week previewing a Packers playoff game. Go Pack!